Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. jump into the word. We're going to continue on with our time of preaching on, on fasting and humbling ourselves. Now, it, it, your flesh, lo- I mean, your, your spirit man loves it, but your flesh is like, come on. Sometimes, how many of you guys got a battle? Come on, there's a battle. There's a battle. Everyone say, say it's not about food. Come on, how many foodies do we have in here? Come on, how, how many foodies? Come on, we live in this generation. Where, I mean, come on, how many are, you're a foodie. Come on, you like food. Now, if you're not raising your hand, I'm going to throw this mic at you. Come on. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But we love Jesus more. Amen. And so, come on, we're going to hunger and thirst after him during this season and realize that he is so willing to draw near to us. And so we have some verses before I get to my official. This is the intro. But in Deuteronomy, I love this, Deuteronomy chapter 8. If we can just put the verses up there, share, and I'm going to follow along. I always throw our media team curveballs. They get these nice slides uh, that are made up that Rick makes of the preaching. And then I always throw them about 50 scriptures that are my intro before we even get to the slides. But how many of you know that when you get into the word, it produces something inside of you and you start letting it wash you and the washing of the water of the word and it produces life and health and you start you start saying man God this is you're alive in me and uh, you start he starts to awaken you but in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 through 4 I don't know she has 1 through 20 Woo! I love it come on I know you guys must not be reading your Bible I don't know if we're going to go all through 20 but it says every commandment which I command you today you must be careful to observe that you may live come on how many guys want to we want to live Come on, that you may live. Come on, doesn't mean you're just going to suck up air. It just means that Jesus said, what I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, but the thief comes to rob, to steal, and to destroy. So just because you're breathing doesn't mean you're living. Come on, how many do because you're going through the moment, but it says that he wants to give us life. Come on, you, you guys know what I'm talking about? You may, so that you may live and multiply. How many of you guys like that word? Come on, especially when it comes to your pocketbook, huh? You like multiplication, not addition, not subtraction, that there'll be multiplication. You may go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. How many guys are tired of being in that season? You say, Lord, it's time for a season change. Come on. How many guys say it's time for me to go into a new season? Aren't you thankful? I mean, the Lord did kill you. You know, back in the day, back in the old, I'm thankful. But how many know that God did, if you didn't obey, God did allow you to die. Or if you didn't move with the cloud, and uh, we'll get to this. But he allowed all those men of war to die in the wilderness because they were, they were men of war, but they weren't obedient. And they were a little bit stubborn. So he let them all die. And he, if you're under 20, you should be, like, really happy right now. Because, like, if you were over 20, you were old, and God just didn't let you go in. He just, like, took all the young people in. So I'm like, Lord, I'm 20. I'm 20 in the spirit. Come on. How many guys are still 20 in the spirit? You're like, I don't like old people. I like, you're seasoned. You're seasoned. You're seasoned. You're not old. Come on. You know, I, I love, uh, I, I love uh, Janine and uh Natalie's dad, Chuck and Wilma, where they told me a story when the church here years ago, they had a a old oil of joy service. And I don't know how old your parents were, but they were like, we're not going to that. And they were like, I don't know, maybe in their 60s. And they were like, we're not going to the old people's meetings because we may be seasoned, but we're not old. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? 
And you could be 15 years old and, and be old. You can be 22 and be old. How many of you know it has nothing to do with your chronological age? It's, it's if you're alive and say, God, come on, make me young in the spirit again. And so he says, I led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. Some people say, well, God doesn't test you. I beg to differ. God won't humble. I beg to differ. You could humble yourself or I let the Lord. How many know it's always better to humble yourself before his mighty hand? Because you're realizing that even our time with God, the way up is down. And, uh, you know, today we were supposed to be launching our Philippian series. And I was supposed to launch it and Terrence was supposed to preach part two. But Terrence, you're going to have to preach part one next week. But so I know you studied for part two, but anyhow, you'll be doing part not one. But as we jump into we're going to be going through the book of Philippians as a church and with our with our encounter. But you realize that there's so much in that. Don't even get me. Why are you why are you getting me distracted, Terrence? Why are you distracting me, Terrence, with Philippians? But how many know Jesus? He was a model of humility. He was a model of servanthood. And so this is the Lord saying to humble and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and feed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man. I like that verse right there. So he allowed you to hunger. How many guys don't like hunger, but you like hunger? Come on. You come on. You know, you need hunger. You need hunger. You don't like hunger. But you need hunger. How many, you know, hunger is a gift. Uh, when we hunger after the things of God and we say, make me hungry, Lord, after the things of the Spirit. Make me hungry after you. Because sometimes, let's be honest, we don't have it. We don't have that desire to get on our knees and to pray and to sit and to wait and open up our Bible and to eat his word and pray in the Holy Ghost and let him fill us up and, and sit there and spend time because we live in a microwave generation. How many of you guys notice that you want things done fast? Come on, how many of you guys do not like waiting? Pastor Steve's hands up. Some of you guys don't want to be truthful. You don't like waiting. You don't like waiting at red lights. You don't like waiting at microwaves. You don't like waiting in Starbucks. You just don't like waiting. You're like, you're always in a hurry. But God was like, shh. You can slow you down. He says he orders your steps and he orders your stops. I don't know about you. I don't like stopping. But Lord says in this time to, to wait. And so he says, that I fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by vegetable soup alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Aren't you thankful that God's word brings life to you? It produces life inside of you, and it, sometimes this is getting past some of our flesh. Let's read the next verse, and then we'll, we won't read all 20 for the same. Look at this. He says, your garments didn't wear out, nor did your feet swell. If you were praying, these 40, come on. Think about how good God was and is that even through 40 years, that's a long time, 40 years. And then you know what he did after 38 years? He was like, I'm getting tired of you because you've wanted to stay in second grade for the rest of your life, but I'm not going to allow you to stay there. And he says to the children of Israel, he says, now it's time for us to go. Whether you like it or not, Moses, you and the people are getting out of here. And I love it because God is so faithful, even in our stupidity and even in our rebellion, even in our stubbornness, God will say, no, 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 it's time to go. It's time to move. And this is 
is one of those times in 2022 where God is saying to his people, to the church, guess what? Whether you like it or not, I'm moving. And if you don't move with me, you're going to get left. God can pressure you a little bit. How many of you guys have felt some pressure? God pressuring you. He'll pressure you with relationships, or he'll pressure you with loved ones, or he'll pressure you in finance. God has a way of getting your attention. How many of you guys have figured that out? Say, God, don't hit me with the two-by-four again. Let me hear your voice. Guide me. Psalm 32 says, I want to, I want to, don't be like a stubborn horse, like a stubborn mule or a horse where I have to put a bridle in your bit and lead you around or like a dog and put you in jerk. It says, let me guide you with my eye. Let me just be able to look at you. And that's what God wants. And that's part of us drawing near to the Lord in these 21 days. It says, Lord, early I, yeah, it's not even about coming to church, even though you need to be in church and it's good to be in the house of the Lord and it's good to read your Bible. But it's really about our heart saying, Lord, I need you as my first love again, back into my first love, be my first love. And so Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Come on, say, Lord, make me hungry and thirst before your righteousness. John 6, I love this. I'm going to go through these verses. John chapter 6, verse, we're going to pick it up in verse 25. And it says, when they found him on the other side, talking about Jesus, they said to him, Rabbi, where'd you come from? And Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to me, you're only coming to me because you saw the signs, not because you saw the signs, but because you also ate of the garlic bread and were filled. So God just thought Jesus like, God, Jesus will bust you out. So all these crowds were coming to Jesus. And remember, they had a fish fry and garlic bread. I'm trying to make you hungry. You got like, Pastor Steve, I can't eat garlic bread, but it's okay. I'm trying to make you hungry. But what happened was, remember the, the two fish and the five loaves. And so all these crowds and Jesus comes and he, he deals with our motives. And he says, you're not coming to me because really want me. You want me because what I can do for you. Come on, let's be honest. We like God like that, right? We do. We do. Come on, that's okay. But there, everyone say there's more. Then he says this in verse 27 of John 6. He says, don't labor for the food that perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now, verse 31, our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I don't know about you, but that's a good place to say amen. Come on, just lift up your hand and say, Lord, give me to me, Lord. I want that, Lord. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life, Lord. I mean, know that Jesus is the desire of the nations, Habakkuk. Or in Haggai, it says that Jesus is the desire. Why did you all show up to church here? Why did you come? You didn't hear to come necessarily. Maybe it was the music. Maybe it was the word or your kids. But really, you came here today because something inside of you said, I need more of Jesus. 
I need more of his presence because Jesus is the lover of my soul. He's the one that satisfies me. He's the one that my soul longs for. He's the one that I'm after. He's the one that's my hero. He's my champion. He is the one that I've come to encounter and be more like. So we thank you, Jesus, that you're the one that satisfies us. Lord, that we shall never hunger and thirst anymore. Then in John chapter 7, this was the last day of the feast. And on the last day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Just go ahead. You don't need me to lay your hand, my hands on you. Lay your hand on yourself. Just lay your hand on your heart, on your stomach, on your chest, and say, Lord, thank you for the living water. Lord, thank you that you are spirit, and they that worship you uh, worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, thank you that I'm created in your image. Lord, I'm your image bearer, Lord. So, Lord, thank you that I've been born, Lord, not of the will of man, Lord, not of the flesh, but I've been born of your word, and I've been born of you. How many of you know you can say, say, I'm born of God? Can you say that? Say, I'm born of God. And you know what is born of God? Everything that's born of God overcomes the world. Come on, how many guys got to remind? Because sometimes you don't feel like overcoming. Sometimes you don't always overcome. But whether you like it or not, Jesus is the overcomer. And greater is he that's inside of you. And the Spirit of God will rise inside of you and says, you know what? You can't stay here. It's time to overcome. It's time to overcome. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I woke up last night. Since I didn't have Pastor Portia, I had Credo sleeping with me <laughs> at 2.30. How many of you guys have ever been awakened out of your sleep? I don't know. I went to bed early, but I heard a noise. I don't know. I thought somebody was trying to break. I don't know. Have you ever woken up? You got crazy thoughts in your head. I didn't know I had to grab my dog, but he was snoring, so I had to go grab my gun. But no. <laughs> but anyhow, I was awakened. I was awakened out of sleep. But in thinking about this time of fasting, you say, Pastor, why are you talking about food? We're on this fast, and you're making us hungry. And so, but I think about what consumes us. We live in a consumer society. How many of you guys just think about your closet right now or your dresser drawer or your refrigerator or some? We have, we have so much stuff that consumes us, and we live in a consumer society where we like to come. How many of you guys are a consumer? Come on. Yes, you are. You are. You are. Okay, and I thought about this. I said, I have to be careful what consumes, what I'm consumed with, because whatever I'm consumed with consumes me. And I says, Lord, I want to be consumed with you. I want to be consumed with with your Holy Spirit and your power. I don't want because whatever you yield yourself to, that's, you're going to be the master of that thing. And so I said, Lord, come on, I don't want to be consumed. I don't want my fresh flesh to dominate me. I don't want food. I don't want media. I don't want whatever things that I'm battling, any kind of temptation of the flesh. But I want to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. Come on, how many guys know what I'm talking about? And so that's why he says we're going through this time of purging and dying. And it doesn't feel good. Your flesh doesn't like it, but you want it. So consuming means what we're eating, what we're digesting, what are we drinking. Think about all these words that kind of go along with eating or consuming. You eat it up. You devour it. You dogged it. You ingested it. You ever talk about something? Man, they dogged that food. And I was like, 
If you ever see a dog eat, he's like, the dog, they just don't even swallow. Like, I can give my dog some food, and he just like, and these are our terms that uh, marketing and media come up with. It says they swallowed, they gobbled it, they munched, they snacked on, they killed it, they drank it, they guzzled it, they had a big gulp, or they gulped it down, they put it away, they stuffed it down, they stuffed their face, they pigged out, they polished it off, they grazed on it. These are all words that have to do with eating or consuming. And you think about how we are so consumed with, but how much more the Spirit of God says, okay, yes, the world can do that, but how much more are my people going to feed off of me? So consuming means to eat or to drink, or it also means to use as a resource. What we're consuming, you use it up. We're a consumer society. So be careful what you are consumed with. For whatever you are consumed with will consume you. It also means to buy goods or services. What are we buying? What are we purchasing? I love this passage in Isaiah 55. Let's read this together. Isaiah 55. And I'm going to give you some other since we have homework uh, since you're not in school anyway and you have to do uh, virtual learning, we're going to give you some scriptures you can take home and read. And so, oh, come on, smile at me. I'm just messing with you. If you're a school teacher, you know what I'm talking about. But Isaiah 55 says, Ho! Come on, say that. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Come on, what are we looking to satisfy us? What, what are we looking for? What in our flesh? Come on. Is it, a, is it a person? Is it the opposite sex? Is it a substance? Is it a drink? Is it sex? Whatever it could be. It could be something. Is it media? How many of you know the things that we think satisfy us only leave us disillusioned, and they, they, may, they may satisfy you for a, a part of your flesh for a moment, but afterwards, everyone say afterwards, guess what? It's still you, and uh, you can come down, and it's still you and God, and you could try to box with God. You could try to run from God. You could try to say, God, I don't want you. Get away from me, and you could try to run, but how many of you know God would be like, you can throw a tantrum. You can run, but I'm still going to be coming, knocking at the door of your life. Because God, how much God is jealous for you. And so he says, listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul will live. Come on, can you say that? Say here. And my soul will live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. This is verse 3. Indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people a leader and a commander of the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who you do not know will run to you. Because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you. How many know God wants to glorify his people? He wants to glorify you. So it says, seek the Lord while he may be found, verse 6. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Aren't you thankful? Look, look, what, look how deep God is. Verse 8. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So it shall be my word. So shall be my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall prosper. It shall accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. For all the the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorns will come up the cypress. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. How many know God's word will push you into your destiny? God's presence, his purpose, it will push you into that which he called you for. In Philippians, Paul says that I might apprehend that for which I've been apprehended. Come on. I want to remind you, say, Pastor, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to stir you up to remember when God called you and saved you and placed his hand upon you. He put a purpose inside of you. And that word has not, it may have waned like a seed. But how many know it comes and it resurrection, resurrects, it germinates. And God's word will push you into your destiny and into your future. Say, Lord, thank you. I'm willing. Come on, say that. Say, Lord, I'm willing. Psalm 100 says, the willing and the obedient will eat the fruit of the land. So, Lord, I thank you for awakening us today. I had, when I said, Pastor Steve, well, what did you do when you woke up? Well, after I knew my house was okay, I just started praying, going over this word. But I, I felt like the Lord gave me these three words that started with A. So this is like a triple A. How many guys got triple A insurance? I do, just for towing. Uh, anyhow, triple A is good. It is, especially when you get stuck. I'm not, I'm not a salesman, but maybe I should. But anyhow, come on, triple A. It says, wake up. Awake. What did God speak to me? It says, be awake. How many of you know that even in times of rest, your spirit man can be awake? You could wake up. And how many know God wants to wake us up? Wake us up. So how many know that sometimes, don't raise your hand, if you sleep a lot, could be a sign of depression. Now, if you're sick, I understand it. But you guys know, have you ever been in a season where you didn't want to get out of bed and you just felt like, and God says, no more depression, no more staying in that place of darkness. How many guys have felt like never even facing life? You felt like it was too hard. There was too many giants. There was too many situations. But guess what? When God brings you back to the promised land, like he says, after the 38 years or the 40 years, guess what he told the people? He says, you can't stay here, but now you're going to have to go into the promised land. But guess what? Those giants that you were afraid of, that member, the 12 spies, they said, uh, and there are only two that came. There were 10 of them that said, no, we can't do it. The people are greater. They're bigger. They're stronger. We can't go and take this land. And so they did. They uh, disheartened the people. And so they got stuck. They got stuck because of a bad report. But only Joshua and Caleb had a report. They were like, come on. They were like Joshua and Caleb were like, they were like the superstars on the football team. They were like, don't be afraid. It's like the 49ers today. I hope, I hope some of them are, uh, are like, come on, we can, we could, 
Hopefully you're not a cowboy fan, but it's okay. I really don't care. I'm just, I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at red right here. I'm just looking at red. But come on, you know what I'm talking about? You need somebody to say, come on, don't be afraid. We can overtake them. Don't be afraid of the giants. Don't be afraid of what you see in the natural. And so when Moses, when God was with Moses, he was like, Moses, your time here is up. And it's a sad story in, in the part of Deuteronomy because God says, Moses, you're going to, you're not going to be able to go in. You're going to be able to see it, but you won't be able to go in and possess it. And Moses was crushed before God. And God says, no, Moses, you're going to die on this mountain, but I'm going to raise up Joshua and he, he's going to take the people in. But don't be afraid because what I promise you, and some of those giants are still going to be there. And everyone say, I'm still going to have to face my giants in this season. Come on, how many of you guys have some giants that you still have to face? Come on, let's be honest. There's some giants in our lives. There's some giants in our future. There's some giants maybe in our, in our emotions or in our relationships or financially or vocationally. How many of you guys got some giants that we still have to face and we have to go and uh, allow the Lord to face them for us? Amen? And so he says to wake up. Don't stay asleep. And in Romans 13, 11, it says, know this, that now is high time to awaken out of sleep. Come on, that doesn't mean natural sleep. It doesn't mean because I like sleeping. I've slept a lot in the last two weeks. My pillow sure felt good. I squeezed it hard and tight, and I slept because I had this stupid bug, whatever. Guys, I'm just looking at Joy because she told me this morning. She got here about 9 o'clock for prayer, and she said, Pastor, I didn't want to get out of my bed. It felt good. It was like... Come on, you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, you can sleep. Enjoy your bed. Enjoy your rest. But you know what I'm saying? But even in rest, your heart can be awakened. I think it's in Psalm of, Song of Solomon, chapter 5. It says, my, my, I'm at rest, but my heart is awake. My heart is awake. It's awake. It's awake. And so Romans 13 says, now is the time that we awake out of sleep. Now is our salvation nearer than we first believed. Wake up. Everyone just say that. Say, wake up, Pastor Steve. And the next A word was be aware. So awake, aware. Now, I had to be aware. Growing up in the hood, you had to learn to be aware. Otherwise, you got jumped. And uh, sometimes we can be spiritually dull or not... um, kind of in the fog. Have you ever woken up, but you weren't all the way aware? How many guys, like, like for me, I can get out of bed, and I can jump up, and I can just get going and moving. Pastor Portia, she's different. It takes her, like, process. She's just like, she's like how, many, how many process wakers wake her up? Like, how many people like that? Like, you just like to lay in bed. Like, when I go to sleep, I want to go to sleep. I can just get into bed. I hit the pillow. I'm gone. Pastor Portia, she wants to get in the pillow. She wants to get. She wants to talk. She wants to get on her computer. She wants to pry, you know. And then, like, and then in the morning, like we're opposites. And I like going to bed early, and I can get up early and just go. Maybe it's because I don't know. And she's a woman, obviously, but maybe it's different. But I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe it's a guy and a girl. I don't know. I'm, don't don't throw any rocks at me. But it's just different. It's different. And so, but you guys know what I'm talking about. There's a difference sometimes when we're being aware and we're not, we're aware, but maybe we're not, we're alert yet. Uh, or we're in the fog. We're kind of groggy in the fog. And so um, I remember talking to my son 
Uh, there was one time they had this situation growing up, and they got out of church, and they ended up uh, getting mugged at gunpoint at a 2 o'clock. And so how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You, can just, you just don't live like you're aware of your surroundings. You just don't uh, go anywhere. You're like, no matter, you could be in the suburbs, but because of how you were raised a little bit or maybe past experience, you're like, I'm going to live in awareness. And so the Lord wants his church, his people, to be aware, to be awake, to be aware, and then to be alert. To be alert. This will be my last A, my triple A. To be alert. The opposite of being alert is being distracted. Being distracted. There's a lot of distractions in our life. Have you ever gone down the street, you're driving, you see people distracted? I remember the first time I saw somebody talking on the phone, and I didn't realize they had an earpiece in, and they were talking. I thought they were crazy. They were crossing the street. I was like, that person is possessed. They're like talking to themselves. They need deliverance. And then I realized they were just talking on their phone. But I didn't, I didn't realize it. But you, but you guys know what I'm talking about. You ever see somebody, maybe you're walking down the street and you have your, your, your phone and your car almost hits you. Don't, don't, don't if it's you, don't raise your hand. But you know what I'm talking about. And so being distracted, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of distractions. But we won't need to be alert. But to be distracted means to be driven about mentally. To be driven about mentally. What is, what is driving our thoughts? When we leave here, do we, can we walk in peace? Can we, like, don't do cray-cray with ourselves? Right? Can we, like, Lord, it's, it's going to be all right. God will settle our hearts and give us peace. But in Luke chapter 10, I, I preach this passage a lot. When Jesus showed up at Martha's house, and it says, Martha was distracted with much serving, and she started cooking him a meal he didn't ask for. It says, but Mary sat at his feet and heard his words. And so to be distracted, the opposite of being alert is being distracted. It means to be driven about mentally. How many guys just want to lay your hands right now on your mind? Go ahead, close your eyes if you have to. Say, Lord, don't let me be driven about mentally. Don't let thoughts of worry and fear and anxiety drive me. Lord, but let your word cover me. It means to be distracted and to be over-occupied, being too busy about a thing. So, Lord, we, we cast all of our things upon you because your word says that, Lord. It says to cast our care upon the Lord, cast our burden upon the Lord, and you will sustain us. You will sustain us. Wes, if you can come back to the piano, and uh, if you're here, can we just stand to our feet? I'm not even going to get to all the rest of my notes. Maybe I'll just give them to Pastor Terrence and he could preach them next week. But, but just lift our hands to the Lord and just say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for awakening me to you. Lord, thank you for causing me to walk in awareness. Lord, thank you for causing me to be alert. Lord, and to rest in your love. Lord, I bless each one here today. Each family each that's here, each individual, people that have come, Lord, with hearts to say, I don't know what I need, but I know I need him. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Steve, even on this Sunday, January 16th, Lord, I know I don't want to repeat same old, same old. I don't want to keep going around the same mountain. If that's you and you're here today and you want prayer, we want to pray for you today. You can come to the altar and just step out and say, maybe you've never 
made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Maybe you said, Pastor Steve, I need to ask Jesus to come into my heart again and save me. I believe in him, but I, I need to confess him as my Lord and Savior. Come on, it's with the heart we believe unto righteousness, but it's with our mouth salvation is made. So we thank you, Jesus. If you're here today, say, Pastor Steve, I just want some prayer. As we close this service today, I'll have some of our prayer team and our intercessors just go ahead and feel free and say, Pastor, I don't want to leave this place the same. I've already been touched by the presence of God and in, in the worship. I've been touched by the word of God. And now I want to seal this time in the Holy Spirit. If that's you, just go ahead and feel free to just go ahead and come on out of your seats. And uh, we just want to pray for you and anoint you if you'd like. If that's you or say, Pastor, I've never, I, I know I want to I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to, I want to get saved today. I want to get saved. I want to, I want to ask Jesus to be my, come on, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to open up your heart. Come on, being, being a, a follower of Jesus is the greatest thing you and I could ever do. Come on, it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you today. Amen. We're just going to worship up here. But uh, Lord bless you. Have a great day in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.